0: Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We bless your holy name. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. It's a privilege to be alive. It's a privilege to come to your house to worship you. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Father, touch us where it matters most. Perfect, that would concern us today. Let none of us live here the way we came. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. We are welcome to his presence. We are believing God for many wonderful things this year. And uh, as the church moves in your life as individuals, your lives, I will say. He will, move, he will move in the church collectively. Amen. And every one of us will have a testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking at a topic we call, uh, Lord, teach us to pray. From Luke chapter 11, from verse 1. Luke, 11, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And as we progress in the study, we started looking at what we call the teaching ministry of Jesus. Because for Jesus to teach them how to pray, there are some things he has taught them about. Or there are other things he has taught them about before we zero in on the concept of prayer. Because remember, when you start praying, you are praying about everything. Is that not so? There's nothing that you cannot or should not pray about. And so when we started looking at the teaching ministry, I mean, we, we highlighted a number of things uh, where he taught, how he taught, the subject of his teaching. And then when we, we, we got to a point, we said he was an object teacher. He taught with parables. He taught about the kingdom. Today we want to look at one or maybe two, probably one of the things that Jesus taught about. Even as we are... As today is our Thanksgiving Sunday. And that is that Jesus taught about Thanksgiving. He taught about what? What did he teach about Thanksgiving? The first thing he taught is that he made us to understand that Thanksgiving opens the door to miracles. Thanksgiving does what? So if there's anyone here that needs a miracle. The first thing you should do is do what? Give him thanks. Give him thanks. When you look at John chapter 11, verse 41 to 44, we know John chapter 11 is a very popular passage. We know it because of who? Anybody remembers? Because of Lazarus. It's in John chapter 11 that Jesus Christ raised Lazarus from the dead. But when Jesus stood at the the tomb of Lazarus, and after they took away the, 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 the stone, the Bible says Jesus Christ lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I do what? I thank you that thou has had me. That was how he started his prayers. Father, I thank you that thou has heard me. Tell somebody, I thank God that he has heard me. For the year 2024. Do we understand that? I know some of us prayed some very dangerous prayers on January 1. And we, we from January 1 today to we been praying different ways. But we've gotten to a point that we need to start doing what? Giving thanks. Start giving thanks. Jesus said, Father, I thank you. And he said, well, I'm saying it so that all these ones will know that you hear me. Somebody here will have a wonderful testimony. Somebody here will have a glorious testimony. And of course, when he had given thanks, he stood there and he just said, Lazarus, do what? I speak to you of miracles. I command it to come for now in the name of jesus Amen. i speak to your expectation i release a divine performance on Twitch in the name of jesus Amen. i speak to that thing that you have been praying for saying will it happen will it not happen i said your season of performance has come in the name of jesus Amen. and this year thus the same way lazarus came forth and was set free you will be set free in jesus name He taught us. And he made us to understand that Thanksgiving is important. When Jesus fed 5,000 in John chapter 6, from verse 10 to verse 13, John chapter 6 verse 10 to 13, John 6, 10 to 13, he said, Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in the number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had done what? When he had done what? He gave thanks for the bread. And he said, okay, begin to give them out. And that was how the five, I mean, uh, the five valley loaves and two fishes were used to feed 5,000 men, not 5,000 souls. Mm-hmm. Five, and if our church were to be made an example, where there are 5,000 men, it's likely there will be what? If you combine women and children, then you are going to have 15,000 women and children. Is that not so? And all he did was, he gave thanks. He gave So you need to learn this here, brethren. It's good to pray. You know, that's why, like the example somebody was giving to us the other time, that somebody, I mean, the GO went for a conference. And they gave the, the, the ministers, they were there one hour to pray. And somebody said, today, I will know what this man prays about. They say he prays a lot. They say he walks around everywhere praying. And so the man, a fellow, a young pastor, went and st- I mean, stood near the geo so that I he could hear what he was praying. And for one hour, what was his prayer point? Father, have mercy on me. So what did this man do wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. How many people think they need mercy? I need mercy. You will obtain mercy in Jesus' name. When you learn to give thanks to God, the moment you make your request in one minute or two, you can be sure of one thing, it is done. And this year, as you pray, God will answer in the name of Jesus. All he did was he gave thanks. And then he gave out the, the bloke and the fish, and the thing just kept multiplying on the wings of thanksgiving. When you go to Psalm 67, we know that passage very well. From verse 5 to 7, you see that praise brings incredible blessings. Oh, yes. Praise brings what? Incredible blessings. Psalms 7 from verse 5. He says, Let the people praise thee, oh God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall they add yield and increase. And God, even our God, shall do what? Shall yeah. bless us. God shall bless us. Yeah. I say, God shall bless us. Yeah. I say, God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. There is a blessing that brings fear. There is a way God can bless you. That when people hear, they will say, Ah, this is not ordinary. This is not of man. This is of who? This can only be by God. See, that's why I can tell someone here today confidently that your blessing will be a testimony. I said your blessing will be a testimony. But you have got to make up your mind that this year I will pray. But my prayers will not just be, I will not become brother and sister, give me. You know, brother and sister, give me. When they go on their knees, they say, Father, give me A, give me B, give me C, give me D. Then when they go to give us, everything is give, give, give. And then they round up with what in Jesus' name, amen. And they are happy they have prayed. There are very good examples in the scriptures. Let your thanksgiving exceed your request. And the Lord will answer you in Jesus' name. What else did Jesus teach us about thanksgiving? He taught us that thanksgiving makes whole. Tell somebody thanksgiving makes whole. We know the story of the ten lepers. In Luke 17, verse 12 to 19. They cried unto him, have mercy on us. Say, what do you want? said that we may be made whole. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. That's all he said. And as they went, they saw that they were cleansed. They were healed. But out of the ten, how many came back to give thanks? How many? Only one. Only one. And that was the only one that was made whole. Others were healed, but he was made whole. Everything about him was touched by Jesus. I pray for someone here today. Everything about you will be touched by Jesus Amen. as you give thanks to God, He will touch all that pertains to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the third thing I want to highlight is that giving is an act of thanksgiving. Giving is what an of- it's an act of thanksgiving in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. We all know that passage It a give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Running over, shall men give into your bosom? Luke 6 38. For with the same measure that you met with her, it shall be measured to you again. There is a way you can give grudgingly. Is that not so? There is a way you can give, I mean, with zeal, with abundance. I mean, that the person you are giving to will say, Ah, I know this is coming from the heart. And that is giving that is rewarded. There is nothing any man can do for you that compares with what God will do for you. Is somebody with me this morning, or this afternoon as the case may be, giving is an act of thanksgiving. Number four, he taught us about the value of sacrifice in giving. The value of what? The importance, the place of sacrifice in giving. In Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44, the Bible says Jesus Christ was in the temple. Just as Jesus is in the church today. And he watched as men were giving their offerings. And he saw that widow that brought forth what what you normally refer to as the widow's mind. She gave her all. And Jesus Christ said, look, they've all given. But the greatest giver was who? That widow. And she went home with, with more blessings than every other blessing. The place of sacrifice in giving. Don't just give God your leftover. Make him first in your life. It's the first Sunday of the year 2027. Like I always remind us here of that old song. That says how do you treat God? Like a G-O-D or like what? A D-O-G. You know, I know that in this part of the world, they have a multi-billion dollar industry where they they take care of dogs. But in God's own country, dogs, bingo gets, what? He gets the leftover. The bone, after the meat has been eaten. You put the, you have some airbag that is left, you don't even put it in soup. You mix the airbag with water. And you try it to bingo. Uh, am I lying? No, no. Uh, uh, some people are saying, ah, it is true. You give your dog the leftover. That's the way many of us are treating God. We give him the leftover. After you have taken the flesh, the meat, on the bone, in fact, when you are even eating fish, you make sure that even the bone itself, whatever juice is in the bone, you've taken it out. You now give the rest to God. That's the way many of us treat God. No wonder we get nothing from him. There is a place of sacrifice in giving. What you give, How you give. Paul said, I will do what? I will spend and what? And be spent. So we are talking about giving. We are not just talking about giving money. We are talking about giving ourselves. We are talking about what? Some of our women since Friday. For Friday they were in the church for about 8 hours. Yesterday, I don't know how many hours they were here. I think they came in at about 2 o'clock. And they left around 10 p.m how many hours is that another eight hours what were they doing they were preparing the food we are going to eat today that is a sacrifice and i tasted it that thing is sweet eh <laughs> praise the lord Amen. so when we're talking about giving because some of us the moment you hear giving what do you do you block your it you said they've come they're talking about money again You have time. How are you spending your time? How much of your time do you give God? The drama that was shown to us, the the king was complaining that his subjects were not giving him thanks. Because even in our prayer closets, we don't give him thanks. We can't even wake up and go on our knees and say, Father, I do what? I thank you. you." I've I've shared with us before. When we were at 250 Bayview. We did a 24-hour prayer chain. Some of us can still remember. And the theme of the prayer chain was what? Thanksgiving. So, when it's your one hour, just for one hour, come to church and do what? Thank- Before our people can thank God for 10 minutes, they start, they start doing what? They start asking. And many of us know what I'm talking about. Just go on your knees and say, Lord, today I just want to do what? I want to thank you. I'm alive for what you have done for me. For what no man can do for me. That I am here today is not the work for, the handwork of any man, is the handwork of God. I remember the first time I went and collected forms. When I had some people who are going to Canada, I also went and collected the forms. When I looked at their requirements, I folded the form neatly. And I don't know where I put it. Because I knew that there was no way I could meet up with all this, those requirements. But the bible says he makes all things beautiful in his time about five or six years later at the fullness of time god had made it possible that i had the money now to process those documents and even though when i went for my interview the person I interviewed me said we don't need people like you in canada she said it was not in so she told me directly we don't need management consultant i said i was coming as a management consultant whatever it means we don't I and she saw that i was a charter i was a qualified accountant so we don't need your profession in canada but she was not the one sending me here it was god whatever god wants to do in your life he will do it there is a fullness of time and somebody's fullness of time has come as you make yourself available for god's use he will comfort on your behalf I said we'll come forth on your behalf. The GO shared a story this morning when he was ministering for the Thanksgiving service at the the headquarters. He said they were worshipping God on a particular day in the church. And as an American pastor that came to preach in the church at the headquarters. And this American pastor, as they were worshipping God, went to a particular man. Among all the people that were there, he was the poorest. When 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 members of the church come together in God's own country and there's somebody is the poorest, do you know what that means? It means the person is truly what? He was the one that the man of God, the pastor singular, and say, God said, if you continue worshiping me, that I will make you a millionaire. So the others, according to the Jew, he said the others, including himself, they began to envy this man. That how come it is this one? That got the prophecy. Of course, there were people of faith. They didn't say that it's not possible. (laughs) This one doesn't have anything. Because within a year, this man that was living in what we call face me and face you. You know what face me and face you is? A one room apartment with his wife and his children. And it's not a one room that you can say, this is my apartment. It's a house where you have a corridor. Every room on the right house is occupants. Every room on the left house is occupants. That's how we call it, face me, I face you. They are facing each other. They share one uh, uh, bathroom or whatever, what do we call it? Uh, At the back of the house. They queue up to use the washroom. That's where this brother was living. But when God touched his life, as God will touch somebody's life here today. He said within one year, this man had bought a car, had bought a car for his wife, and you know you can you can imagine the rest of the story. He had relocated divine repositioning. God will reposition you. Whatever God has said concerning you shall come to pass. And then he shared the story of another man. That the Lord, the Lord, it was a man that did not know his way out. But when God opened the book concerning him, he met a very rich man who had a building that had 13 flats. Tell somebody 13 flats. 13 flats. And the man said, this building I want to sell. Go and sell it. When you sell it, bring back social amount. And anything on top of that is yours. And said, so the value for which he was given to sell the house was about one third of the value of the house. Am I making sense? So, if the house is worth, let's say, a million dollars, and the owner said, Go and sell this house. Whatever you sell it, bring back 300,000 for me. That's what I want from you. Because it was an avenue to prosper the life of that man. And so, as things work out, the man was able to sell the house. And he now came to the GO and said, God has done it for me. This, no, even before he sold the house, he came to me and said, he gave me this, I said, I should it for so and so. And the GO said, okay, you have 13 flats. So you give one of the flats to the church. At least you need to pay your tithe. He said, the man looked at him and said, you, these pastors, you are ingrate. See, God has just smiled on me. And I've come to tell you, and look at what you are telling me. I should do what? Give one flat. Give one flat for th- he said he left his office in anger. I said, okay. The Lord will go with you. And truly he sold the house. He sold it for so much. He had a lot extra. He now went to the owner and said, I have sold the property that you requested. And I brought you a portion. And the owner looked and said, which property? Who told you to sell it? He said, whatever you used to cover my eyes that made me say, you go and sell it. Your, what do you call it? Your juju has not worked. It, my eyes are now open. If I see you in my property again, I will deal with you. He now ran back to the general of Acia and said, but he said we are in great. Go and resolve it with who? With God. That was the end of that month's miracle. Your miracle will not be cut short. Amen. The Lord will not abandon you. Amen. Whatever God has promised to do in your life, he will do. Amen. He will give you a new song. Amen. He will give you a testimony. The great things that God wants to do this year in this church, he wants to use you. He will use you in Jesus' name. Provided you make yourself available. The prophecy is still there. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro, looking for how many people? Just one man. Tell somebody, that is me. Just one man who will be faithful with him. Because he wants to make one man an example. If this year you will give thanks to God. If this year you worship God. If this year you will tour the line of the teachings that the Lord Jesus Christ has given. Brethren, if you don't give, you cannot receive. Make yourself available for God. And God will surprise you. Yeah. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Why don't you talk to him this morning? This is your authentic new year resolution. And the most important one you can make is God, I will serve you. I will serve you with my life. I will serve you with my belongings. I will serve you with who I am. I will be faithful to you. Because I know that whatever you do, you are still looking for a man that you will make a testimony. Talk to him this morning. Talk to him this morning. Are you here and you've not given your life to Christ? (laughs) That's the number one thing you can give to him. You cannot even give him thanks if you are not born again. Is anyone here who has not given his life to Christ who want to raise up your hands We are going to pray together? If there is any such person you are not born again you can't give him thanks. You are watching online you are not born again just say Lord Jesus I bring my life to you take it in totality write my name in the book of life empower me to give thanks to you this year and let your name alone be glorified in my life in Jesus name We have prayed. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.